Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I've got a guy that I'm going to interview here live. He's with me in the office, in studio, if you want to call it a studio, but I'm talking to my buddy, Jan Segato, and we're going to talk about hunting today. So, Jan, you doing well? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Let's pray, and, uh, and we'll have some fun talking about hunting. Lord, we need your help and direction. We thank you so much that uh, the, the blood of Jesus unites us as brothers and I thank you that Jan loves you, and more importantly, that you love him. And uh, Lord, help us to have a good time talking about hunting. I pray that you would uh, make this profitable for the guys that are listening, for pastors that are even thinking about the possibility of, of beginning to hunt. God, I pray that people would start this, that they would hear this interview and say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue this. And, uh, and even, Lord, I pray that there would be some traffic that goes to Jan's uh, podcast and to... Uh, to his YouTube channel, and they would just be able to see some cool stuff that he's doing. So lead this discussion. I pray that, that you will, and I trust that you will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, for the sake of my uh, audience here, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then tell us a little bit about your family, and then about hunting, and what it is that you're currently doing. I know you are you work in the DOC, and uh, hunt on the side, but just give us a picture of yourself so we can know a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, born and raised here in Southern Illinois. Um, I'm a veteran. I did a little bit of time in the military. Come back. Started. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yep. What branch? Army. You're in the army. Okay. Yep. What? Three years? Five years? Uh, six years, and uh, one of those in Afghanistan. Really? Yep. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, so come back, settle down, decide to grow up a little bit, start a family. Uh, I'm married. I have three children. I uh, didn't get into hunting until later in life. Uh, it was something I guess my grandpa always did, and I always saw the deer hanging in his garage, but never really took interest in it. And uh, actually got became really close friends with a coworker that I worked with down um, down south here, and he was a big time hunter. And I just started asking questions, and he said, "You know what? I'll just show you." So he gave me one of his old bows. Um, so he was a bow hunter. So you didn't start with a gun. You nope. started with a bow. From the started beginning. with a bow. Okay, that's why. Because I mean, you're pretty exclusively bow hunter, right? Yeah, and I think I think the reason why is just the challenge involved. You know, it's a game of inches at that point. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, you know, firearm hunters are it's easy by any means, but right. you really have to close the distance with a bow and you really have to there's just so many more factors involved, I believe. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, um so I picked up a bow probably so, around So how old though? Well, around 20, 26, 27. 26, okay. If I knew I'd be talking about it on podcast, then I probably would attract it better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's weird cuz I didn't start till I was 35. Yeah. I didn't start hunting it's at all. It's never too late. Man. And then this is my first year with a bow, so we'll get to that here in a little bit. But. Yeah. So, I uh, picked up a bow. I never had shot a bow in my life. Um, you know, outside of a toy probably. Mhm. And things just started clicking, you know, and I thought, wow, I, I think this is something I can do. Um, at that point it was still, uh, just an interest. Okay. You know, there was no real commitment because I had not, no investment. You know, I was, it was a hand-me-down bow. It was a little bit of time in the backyard shooting arrows. Um, went out on my very first hunt. That's that first season, uh, within 10 minutes of daybreak, a buck walked across the field. Looking back, he was probably like 60, 70 yards away, and I slung an arrow at him. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did you get him? No. Okay. I yeah. shot over his back. I don't even remember if I looked through my peep sight because is... the adrenaline, 
the adrenaline is is insane um and it's something that's so in, it's odd because you're in such a quiet calm environment but inside of your body you're going 100 miles an hour right. so uh i think i was hooked and that was missing the first deer mm-hmm. i was hooked you know that feeling I, I wanted more and more and more and i wanted i really wanted to harvest an animal yeah and uh so i mean from that point on it's history i mean that first year i i really hunted hard it, i used all you know, some old army camo, you know, just what I had laying around, some yeah. boots that didn't keep my feet warm and uh, learned a lot. And, you know, I'm still learning even to this day. So, uh, so as first as, kill, tell us about the first kill then. First kill was about a week after that. Um, I don't remember if it was my second or third hunt of that, of that first season, but uh, I went with a buddy. We, we set up on a field edge. It's just a hay field. Um but two does came out and we were only around about 40 yards apart from each other. I was actually sitting on a log on that field edge, okay. um, just behind some brush. I wasn't in a stand, wasn't in a blind. He was in a stand and, uh, we both actually, we shot both those deer almost the same time. That's cool. Without communicating. So it was kind of cool. I think he shot a few seconds before me and that stopped the deer I was going to shoot and I shot it. But, uh, turns out they're actually pretty small. Um, they weren't, they didn't have spots on them, but they were, they were small, but, uh, still nonetheless brought some meat home, learned, yeah. all, learned all that good stuff. And, uh, like I said, it's been, it's been uh history since then. I've just been every year I try to do more and more and more on learning and I'm getting to the point now where I feel like I have more to give. Yeah. Um, and teach others and bring other people in. And it's not really a, this is the way type of thing. It's, it's, there are many ways and find what works for you mm-hmm. and just stick to it and, and hunt hard. Um, and of course that always, you know, obviously involves balance, balance in life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but back to just about who I am. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm no, uh, professional hunter by any means. I work a full-time job, got a, got a family, got responsibilities. We do, you know, I'm involved in small town, local politics, uh, uh, coach my son's baseball team. So family's important and that, that comes first, but, uh, nonetheless, I'm a busy man and, uh, I, I just try to make time for myself in that, not, not in a selfish way, but in a healthy way. Uh, because I think it's important to be able to, you know, have those therapeutic times. And, and for, for me, hunting is a form of therapy. You know, mm. that's, that's something I can go and just relax. And even if I don't harvest an animal, I've had many successful hunts where I didn't harvest yeah. an animal and right. went home very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing that I've seen other hunters do. They've, they've posted something on Instagram about a guy that I follow that's uh, from Minnesota He's actually going to let me come bear hunt next year. That's awesome. And I'm going to be doing that with a 308, so I won't be bow hunting for the bear. But I guess I could, you technically. Could. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to get some heavy grain arrows and a pretty big draw. That right behind you is my bow. I think I'm pulling like a 50-pound draw, and I got that for 250 bucks or 220 bucks or yeah, something like steal. that. Yeah, I mean, it got a, I mean, it got the job done. But I'll stick with that for a few years, I think. But uh, So this guy went on an elk hunt and posted some pictures, and I messaged him how to go. He said it was really great. I said, you get any shots off? Did you get an elk? And he said, no, but it was a great hunt. And I love that. I mean, it's not just about getting the animal. I mean, that's the 
the big bonus when you do get one. But I mean, Absolutely. there's so much to it. It's awesome, even if you don't get one. Yep. So, okay. So uh, I've been deer hunting now three times, and I've gotten two bucks. Spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> so what's the what's the normal? I mean, how many times are you going out bow hunting before you get a deer sitting in a stand or blind? What, what do you think? There's Ten really, times? not necessarily, there's really no pattern to it because like last season for me, my first two sits of the year, I harvested a doe both, both sits. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they're very planned and strategic and the first one was on opening morning um, on some bedding that I knew the deer would be coming back into. And then the second one was on a cut bean field that had just been cut the day before. And when those beans get cut, man, the deer are in the fields. That, exactly. Yeah, that, That's where it was last week for me yeah. on Saturday. There were two doe that walk across and they were on the edges of the field eating that, yep. that soybean. And then I hit the grunt call. I don't know if that brought it in or if it was just coming that way anyways, but... But he was just right on the edge of that soybean field. Yeah. And they looked like that they were really enjoying that. Yeah, once they cut those beans, there's actually a lot of beans that, that still lay. And um, they kind of quit eating them when they go brown. Okay. When they're green, they like that, that lush green vegetation. But when they go brown, they kind of you'll see that they start getting out of them. But as soon as they get cut and those soybeans are actually laying on the ground that don't make it in, mm-hmm. um, they go out there and they'll eat them all. And they'll be out there for three or four days until they're gone. Mm. Um just easy food. If, if one thing you'll learn over the years is that deer are lazy. Okay. They're always going to take the path. They're going to take the easiest route. They're going to, you know, they're, they're lazy animals. You know, if they can go around something instead of going over or under it, they're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing with their food. If they've got a buffet laying out there, they're going to go eat it. They're going for it. Yep. That's why feeders are so. Yep. That's why they're, I guess they're illegal in Illinois. But yeah, they are. Some states, yeah, you can put feeders out and they're very effective. Well, I know a guy that was using a feeder and then takes it away during season. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I won't get into any law stuff because I don't know it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not no attorney or, or law enforcement agency as far as uh, hunting goes. But um, there's some there are some different regulations and it always spikes my curiosity because the local, like, farm stores and things like that sell all this stuff that we can't use. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> so, yeah. It is, well, it's really, so I've got a, a buddy of mine, my, my buddy, my brother-in-law, and he goes out with his buddies to deer hunt in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Now, he they use guns, and they actually, they set up these lanes where they set their blind right in these, these lanes that are all cleared out. And then they put the feeder right there, and the yeah. way they shoot them is just when they come up to the feeder... And my thought is, man, that that's not really hunting at all. I mean, that 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 spoils the fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we'd all like to make it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's no challenge to it, I'm going to lose interest personally. Right. You know. So, uh, but back to your original question about like, yeah, in a period of time, how long? I mean, I've went the season before last. My I guess that'd be my 2018 season. Mm-hmm. I I missed a. Every shot I shot with my bow, I missed. Really? I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was my bow. But that was the only season I've ever picked up a shotgun. And I did hunt firearm season just because I needed some type of redemption. Yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> I was able to harvest a doe yeah. with a shotgun because my morale was low because I just kept missing. And I, I couldn't believe it. But uh, last year was a great year. I was able to harvest four deer. I don't, I don't, didn't keep track of how often I hunted or how many times. I'd say between um, October and the middle of November, I probably hunted 25 to 30 days, or 30, yeah, 25 to 30 times. So I was able to harvest four deer in that. So, you know, 
but sometimes you may go out. It just depends yeah. on a lot of things. Um, you know, it depends on if you're having, depends on if you're hunting private land that's mm -hmm. maybe managed. Right. And you've been, you've been kind of tracking, you know, using trail cameras and you got great stand placement you've got crops or food plots and things like that. Or you could be out on public land, which mm -hmm. there's, it's a high pressure hunting situation. Typically you're going to have to go hang your stand as you hunt. Right. Um, so it just depends. There's a lot of factors involved and, and that's why I love hunting because I feel like every single person's experience is going to be different. Yeah. You know, everybody's experience is going to be different based on where they hunt, how they hunt, what type, you know, some people hunt with a recurve or a longbow. Some people hunt with a compound. Some people hunt with a crossbow, firearm, mm -hmm. um, different types of year, you know, October is mm -hmm. way different from November and November is really? way different from December. Okay. Just because yeah. the movement, just well, the, before the, the rut, in the rut, the rut yeah. after the rut. I mean, you do a, the grunt call, you said, mm -hmm. whether we know if it worked or not, it may have piqued his interest or something, but mm -hmm. you do that the second week in November, and he's coming on a line ready to fight. Yeah. So right. that's that's the difference. It's just um, their personality changes. I don't even know if that's the right word, but I guess their characteristics change. Mm -hmm. um, they're more, there's a lot more testosterone in the bucks. They want to fight, and they want to mate, so... Uh, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. And it's fun, man. It's yeah. fun. You can get away with a lot more errors in November because mm -hmm. their mind's on one thing and one thing only. <laughs> and they're, they're literally, there are, there are accounts of deer starving to death because they're so fixed on finding does that really? they just don't eat. Wow. Yeah. So, Well, one of the things that I noticed this year, because it's private where I'm hunting, I watch the hunting public, me and the boys. Oh, yeah. Ransom's kind of out of watching that right now. He doesn't really like it as much. Valor likes it when he can use it to his advantage. So if he's wanting to wake up in the middle of the night, he'll say, if he's up in the middle of the night, he'll say, Dad, let's watch hunting. <laughs> so he's trying to manipulate yeah. me already as a two-year-old. But I love watching the hunting public, but everywhere I've hunted is private, private land. And you just listen. You said you listened to that first hunt story on yeah. the way over here. But this, this guy, my friend, has these roads of just bush hog woods all through his woods and so right on the edge of a soybean field i mean it's perfect i mean there's deer everywhere and he's managed it well yep. he shoots all the little ones and he said hey you can have all the big ones he's been shooting six and eight deer a year for i mean 30 years that's awesome and so there's one other guy that's been hunting on it but one of the things i noticed this year when i when i and i said i mentioned it in the story but i was sitting in the stand and i shot so high on the deer and honestly shooting him in the spine saved the kill for me because I think if I would have shot just a couple inches lower and I even aimed low, but I didn't, I didn't really know how much different it is shooting out of a stand when you're 15 feet off the ground, only 10 yards away. And I even aimed low and still shot in the upper back yeah. and put him down. I mean, it paralyzed him. Like he just yeah. landed and was flopping and it actually stopped the arrow. It just like, ding, you know, stuck right there. So as I'm processing it to do, later today, I'm actually going over to process it. So I'm, I'm boning it out. And then, uh, right. Do you do that by the way? Do you process all your own stuff or do you bring it somewhere? Yeah. So normally I will debone it. Um, okay. I'll debone it all the way down and I'll keep the, obviously the back straps. We're not going to mm -hmm. get those processed. And then the, uh, I'll keep maybe two or three roasts okay. that I can make something out of in the crock pot. Okay. The rest of it, I take to local processor, Yeah. you know, Slim Jims, uh, dude, this guy I go to, he, he'll, he makes some pretty good stuff. Like Does he it? makes a three pound meatloaf. All you gotta do is throw it in the oven. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Huh. And, uh, 
You know, he makes like burgers with jalapeno and cheese in them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, summer sausage. I, I do that. I get a lot of it ground because we cook. We can cook with it a lot. Yeah. more. there's a lot more variety we that, can do. That's with what ground. I did last year. I got a lot yeah. of ground last year, and I did it. I did it myself. That's last awesome. Year. Yeah, we. I get um, some pork fat put in ours. That's what we did. I so put bacon. Lean. Yeah, because it's in. so lean, and it. I mean, my family loves it. The kids yeah. love. You know, I'm saying, what are we having? Uh, we're having deer meat. Oh yeah. You know. uh-huh. But I think there's so many people that they're like, well. It's gamey. It's gamey. Mm-hmm. And that's just the process. Like, if you don't do the process right, um, and I mean process as in, like, how you do it. Yeah. Um, Seasoning. You're not going to get... It. Yeah, you're, you got to get the blood out of the meat. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing. So, the blood it gives you that metallic, iron, gamey taste. That's mm-hmm. what people don't want is that iron taste. Right. Um, and then, obviously, cl- trimming the fat off because the fat doesn't break down like beef fat or pork fat. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to trim that fat off because it, it's not something you want to eat. And then um, it's called sinew. Some people call it silver skin, mm-hmm. that like thin membrane. Yeah. that's That retains that gamey taste. So if you trim it down to just the red meat, um, I put mine in a brine. Okay. Just an ice brine. No, no, I don't put salt in it. I don't put anything. I'll, I'll take a cooler. I'll fill it uh, half full ice, put all the meat in there, cover it nice. Mm-hmm. Let that melt for like a day or two drain it off and then add more ice and once that water starts getting clear then you know your blood's out of the meat and then you okay. can start doing stuff with it but it okay. uh makes a huge difference Does if, it? if you get the blood out of it yeah okay well i'll remember that and use that later i'm gonna find that broadhead when i shot it went to the back and just stuck there and i pulled it out and that was all stuck in his bones in the back. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to have to find that later today. That processing part, part is pretty interesting. And so the the guy that I'm going to, is it Triple C down in Anna? Have you heard of that? I think so, yeah. I've never been down there, but man, okay. they're all over down here. Man, it was really neat. He's uh, he, I said, uh, I just want to do a few things, but I'm, I'm trying to learn myself so I can I can pick this up myself. And he said, well, come down and just come down and I'll show you how to do it. Oh, we'll let us awesome. do a couple things and then I'll just show you all the exact recipes we use. We'll sell you the spices and we'll sell you everything and you can just do that with me and then just buy a couple things off of me and then you can just do that yourself next year. Very so cool. He's like yeah. working himself out That's of awesome. work, which I thought was pretty Not cool. really though. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I if you I don't know how he does, but the one I go to, uh-huh. like let's say firearm weekend. Yeah. There'd be hundreds yeah. of deer brought in. I know. He had to turn people away last year. So like a bunch of he's people. He's more than glad to help you out probably. That, you yeah, know, that's pass true. that on and someone that's actually willing to put in the work and yeah. people appreciate it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Jason, you're getting a shout out from Triple C right now. I think his name is Jason. <laughs> pretty sure his name is Jason. But uh, okay. So let's let's go back now and talk a little bit about so you so you developed at twenty six this love for hunting and in bow hunting in particular. Um, you've had some better years, some worse years, but your love for hunting has remained and you started to want to recruit other people into hunting. You started the bow hunter podcast. I started listening. You were one of the inspirations for me to get into bow hunting because I, I got, got my bow and actually messaged you, uh, if you yeah, remember yep. about when what, what I should get. Yep. And since I'm the cheapest guy in the world, oh, I just, same way. yeah, I just did the research and I found the best budget bow I could get. And then listen to some of your shows and just went for it and got one. It was just amazing. And so next year, uh, I cannot wait to get out there again. Uh, I've got some other hunting lined up. I'm going to do, I'm be sitting in a stand in November for, for shotgun season. I'm going to shoot some rabbits. You do rabbit hunting and I'm going to get some turkey in the spring. I'm going to get a turkey in the spring. Hopefully I did. I missed on a turkey this last year, but uh, yeah, I thought you went. 
Yeah, I went. My buddy Joey, who follows you guys, he's got a hat too of yours. I want to get hooked up with a hat at some point. By the way, I'll I'll give you some money for it. But um, <laughs> so you do the hunt now, and I want you to explain everything about the hunt and you know how this started, where you got into the Bow Hunter podcast, and you thought, well, I'm going to gather a team around. Now I'm going to do videos. We got a YouTube channel, and I want to get the guys that are listening to go check your stuff out because they may be looking at Steve and Steve and Ranella or maybe, you know, the meteor stuff yeah. or the hunting public. And I want to tell them to go check your stuff out. I appreciate it. No, uh, honestly, a lot of it's just circumstance and just taking advantage of opportunities. Um, I'll try to give you the quick rundown. And, uh, I want to say it was like the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I wanted to kind of make my Instagram more just about hunting so I was trying to come up with a clever username for Instagram and bowhunterbw.hntr. I was like, that'll work. No vowels. We'll just make it simple. It mm-hmm. makes sense. If anybody's a hunter, they'll see what it means. And then I, was, and then I had the bright idea, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna make a logo for this and maybe put it on some shirts or something. That'll be mm-hmm. cool. You know, I'm, I do graphic design on the side. So I thought, let's just take advantage of my skills and put them to use. Right. And I remember about five years before that, I bought a Yeti... Uh, a blue Yeti microphone because I had intentions of starting a podcast, uh, totally not hunting related. It was more business related and, uh, it had been sitting in the closet, never plugged it in, never tried it. Um, just been sitting there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I finally have something I'm very passionate about. I, I kind of now have like this little brand that I'm building. I hadn't sold a single t-shirt at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I can really find my niche in bow hunting specifically, not just, you know, a general hunting podcast, but a bow hunting podcast. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I reached out to, uh, you know, some other Instagram was my go-to spot at that time, just because I was really active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to some other bow hunters, um, you know, ask, you know, I think my first one, I talked to somebody that hunted nothing but pu- uh, public land. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, uh, let's talk about hu- bow hunting public land. And then it just went from there. You know, it grew. Yeah. I I'd re- I'd reach out to another guy. Hey, let's talk about becoming a hunter. Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And it was all centered around bow hunting. Um, part of that was uh, meeting uh, Nico Robison. He, uh, he hunts nothing but public land. And he, he, I watched a video that he did on Instagram about trying to find bucks on public land. Mm-hmm. So I brought him on the podcast. I said, Hey, what are you doing to find bucks on public land? Right. Brought him on. Um, still at that point, I've never met him in person, even though he was local. This was the okay. first local guy that I did a podcast. Like with. local where? Anna? Like Carterville. Carterville. Oh, yeah. really? That's yeah. cool. And so, uh, he, I was actually down at the local bow shop down in Marion and, I just ran into him and I'd seen pictures of him. So I knew what he looked like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, aren't you Nico? And he's like, yeah. And I told him I'm Jan. And he's like, Oh man, this is crazy. That's you know, cool. and he'd been <laughs> on my podcast and everything else. It was just kind of cool. The first, first guy I met yeah. that I had interviewed and never actually met. And so we, we get to talking and there's a, there's a 3d range about an hour South of us. And we said, Hey, let's go down to this 3d range and shoot one day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we set that up and he's like, you care if my cousin drew comes along? And, uh, my cousin Aaron and I said, no, man, let's, let's make it happen. So we get to the, uh, 
this was back in September. So we get to the, of sorry, September of 2019. Mm-hmm. So we get there and Drew's like, Drew had a camera and he goes, hey, do you care if I take pictures while we're out here? That's cool. I said, yeah, man, take all the pictures you want. I said, actually, if you don't mind, get some of me because I never have any. I'm always taking pictures of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, okay. So we, we go shoot. It was a good time, you know. We go home, picking the ticks off. Right. <laughs> and I get this message on Facebook, it's either Facebook or Instagram, and it was a link to a video. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this? And so I check it out, and I guess Drew wasn't just taking pictures, okay, he was making, he's taking videos. making videos. That's cool. And so he does this like super epic, uh, cinematic, like two minute video of us shooting at the 3D range. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is this? Like, <laughs> where, I, I was there? You had no idea. <laughs> no idea. That's so cool. And so uh, I said, guys, Let's do, let's start a YouTube channel. We have all the pieces. Like mm-hmm. we have someone that knows how to edit video. Like we have, you know, this what he sent us was like a standard I was okay with. You know, yeah. it wasn't subpar to what I what I if I were to do something, I I try to do it to the best I can. Right. And so I said, this is this is good. Let's do this. So we got together. We had a couple meetings. We talked about you know what our vision was as as a group. We came up with a name. We're, we're the hunt. You can find us. I'm going to give a little shameless plug here. Absolutely, man. I was going to ask you to anyway, so that's yeah. perfect. Uh, on YouTube, you can search for The Hunt. Now, there was a movie that came out. like I had trouble, honestly. I was I was searching. I had, I had to find a link on the Facebook page yeah, because so I was searching I can give, The Hunt. If you just uh, type in thehunt.video slash watch, it'll take you straight to our YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah, it's thehunt.video slash watch. I'll put that in the show notes, too. Okay, cool. Thehunt.video. I'm talking out loud here. Yep. Thehunt.video. Videos, videos or video? Video. Video dot what? Slash watch. Okay. Yep. There you go, folks. That's it. Go it, check it out. That's basically a direct link to our YouTube page. And then, of course, Facebook, Instagram, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came up with a name. We wanted something to be simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want it to be very inclusive like I was with the Bowhunter podcast. We wanted it to be more um, inclusive. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just said that wrong, but... We, we want it to you. be inclusive. We want to include right. all aspects of hunting, you right? Know, not just archery, not just deer. Um, so we started throwing some stuff together. Our first season, I think we put out six videos. Um, you know, some of those had multiple deer shot in them, but mm-hmm. it was a great season. I learned a lot about. Um, I learned a lot more about hunting because using a camera in a tree stand makes you. It requires patience. Does it? Yes, and it's it's a it's another factor, another aspect that you have to be mindful of. Well, I mean, I would be nervous that I'd be, because I'm dropping stuff, bumping into stuff all the time, and even just holding a bow. I didn't have a bow hanger yeah, the other got, day, yeah. So it was just sitting on my lap, and then at one point, I even had to piece. So I had to put it down on where my feet were sitting, turn around as quiet as I could, <laughs> take a leak on the tree, <laughs> and then turn back around. I was thinking that that, that deer is going to smell that pee, and that deer walked right, I mean, no, eight feet that's away. that's a super controversial topic, by the way, in the it, hunting community. Is it really? Is, like, is that a no-no? Should people pee out of the tree? I, I pee out of the tree. Dude, I did. I mean, I peed on the tree, like, to the side, to where it went down the tree, so it wasn't making noise. A lot of people, I know we're getting off subject here, but a lot of people, if they're walking to or from their stand and they find a scrape, uh-huh. they'll just pee in the scrape, because that's what the deer do. They pee in the scrapes. Oh, so, they'll pee in the scrape, and they're you'll come 30 minutes later, a buck might come use the scrape. So really? there's not, there's no proof that it scares deer or startles deer that, that a human, human okay. urine doesn't t- to my knowledge. And this is a, there's some guys that'll 
go to their grave saying, don't right. be out of a stand, <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> gotcha. one of them. If I want to go, I got to go. <laughs> and, and, and guys will say, whatever you do, don't bring coffee to a stand. Yeah. And I see, I'll, I'll bring coffee. I always remember that like two generations ago, uh-huh. they wore blue jeans and flannels. Yeah. And we're smoking cigarettes. And, and, yeah. And, and they their got coffee. some of the biggest deer killed. Yeah, there are. They did. So, no camo ever. You know, I don't want to get too much into tactics in this, but the one thing that matters the most is wind. Yeah. Okay. Always. It's always the biggest. The deer's factor. number gotcha. one. A deer's number one uh, survival mecha- mechanism is their nose. Okay. So. Gotcha. Yeah, know. and that's that's what worked in my favor because there was it was so peaceful. There was no wind at all. Yeah. And I was able to just you know get around that tree and just wait for him to step into the perfect lane. Yep. But I can't imagine having all the sound equipment, the camera, and all the stuff to bump into or drop or anything like that. That would be. It's, I can imagine that being tough. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty, at first it's intimidating, but once you kind of get used to all that stuff being up there with you, it's just another part of your body, if that right. makes sense. Like once you sit in a tree, like you said, you've been in a tree three times, mm-hmm. or was all of them in a tree? Yeah, it was all in a tree. Yeah. So, and I've got my deer so stand So you probably up. still have like this a- little anxiousness when you're up there with everything being around you. Yeah, a little bit. I'm harnessed in. I am harnessed right. in. But these, these stands that he puts up, my neighbor puts up, are very high. They're higher than my stand that I put up for shotgun season. Yeah. I mean, there's some of his that are 25 and 30 feet tall. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, they're up there. <laughs> yeah, you better wear a harness. Yeah. Even at 15, but mm-hmm. still. But yeah, it, it just become, becomes second nature. And you just got to remember the thing I told myself that first year of filming was worry more about the harvest than, than getting it on film. Okay. And so like, actually, to be honest with you, my first two does that I took last year, I didn't get on film. Mm-hmm. The very first one wasn't anywhere near it. And the second one, I thought she was going to walk into a lane and then she ended up turning back and I didn't worry about moving my camera. Right. But after I got the kind of those early season jitters out, that third doe that I took, I really focused on that camera work, and it, it's it's an awesome video to watch. Hmm. But uh, I'm I don't even remember what your original question was. No, we're uh, we'll come back to it at some point. Oh, but... about the you were asking about the social stuff and the videos. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we started the hunt. I'll I'll, finish, I'll wrap that up. We started the hunt. Um, we're going into our second season as a team. Uh, Facebook, you should just be able to search the hunt. Matter of fact, if you if you want to get into hunting or if you're already into hunting, we have a really good group going on Facebook. It is a good Facebook. Group. It's, it's just group. Uh, the group dash a group for. Or I'm sorry, the hunt dash a group for hunters. So get on there. You know, it's all we're all friends. We all help support each other. If anybody's got you know any questions, any ideas, we we love to hear them. We love to share our experiences with each other. And you know that's what that's what it's all about for us as experiences, mm-hmm. and that's that's our goal is to just share our experiences through video. Yeah, you know because it's number one, it's entertaining. Number two, it could be educational for mm-hmm. some people, and number three, it's just fun. Yeah, it is. I've been a part of the group now, I think, for about a month, and so I posted that picture of the deer I shot, yep. and so many guys responded, hit likes, yep. and, and said, "Hey, great job!" It was just it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It's a good community that we're building. Yeah. It is. And a lot of local guys, it seems like there was somebody out west seeing some mule deer. So were there some people yeah, actually, outside of Southern Illinois? Nico um, is heading out today at noon to Colorado to hunt. Uh, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, but Nico's heading out to Colorado to hunt pronghorn and elk, I think. You're talking about Jeremiah Hell. He He's Maybe. from Washington. He was a guest on the podcast. Okay. And 
Yeah, he's from Washington State, and he hunts mule deer and blacktail and whitetail. All with a bow? Out there, yep. And Nico's going out with a bow? Nico's going yep. out with a bow. And that's cool. Yep. Okay, uh, question about some the some of the guys that I like following on Instagram. So Cam Haynes, John Dudley. Like, dudes are beasts. Yeah. I mean, they're just incredible. Who's a better shot? Who's a better bow hunter? Cam Haynes or John Dudley? Well, you just asked two different questions. Okay. So I think... Better shot and better hunter. Yeah, yeah okay. So I, let's, I don't, let's do both. Let's do both. I don't get too much caught up in the uh, hunting celebrity stuff. Okay. But uh, I know Dudley... I geek out about it. I'm, I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get caught up in it. <laughs> I know I know Dudley, he actually made his way as a competition shooter. I saw that, yeah. So I'd say he's probably a better shot if, mm-hmm. if they're standing next to each other shooting. He's probably going to drive tax. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron Haynes, he's, he does more, uh, actual, like probably Western style hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there humping miles just for one shot. So yeah. I think he, as far as, I wouldn't say better, but he's mm-hmm. probably more, um, I don't know what the word is. Well, they're both top Avid. notch. Though. They're top notch. I mean, and there's a lot of guys out there, you know, mm-hmm. those guys I've just really done well on. Um, and, and I love what they're doing. Because they're giving, they're shining a good light on the hunting community. Yes, yes. And that's what I think is important is um, retention and recruitment and mm-hmm. hunting. Yeah, well, the meat eater guys. I mean, I have Stephen Ranella's books. I read yeah, the I Buffalo the book. Yeah, there, the the cookbook. Yeah, the cookbook. I read the the small game cookbook last year. I read both of his books. The his the, his one that's kind of autobiographical and the Buffalo Hunt book, American Buffalo, I think, and. What I'm lo- what I'm loving about the hunting scene, and I'm hoping that I'm hoping that there's going to be more and more hunters, especially with my like my boys in their generation. I'm wanting to do what I can to recruit them into it, and that's one of the reasons I started hunting is I wanted to be able to teach them. But I think there's only four percent of the American population that gets hunting licenses that's been through something like that. Four to six percent. Yeah, I'm not all. sure of the stats, but I know it's low. It's low, and it's it's going lower and lower. And so, I mean, I think it's great when guys like even like even Joe Rogan. I mean, I think Joe Rogan's done a lot to probably recruit guys into hunting. Yeah, and he he wasn't raised a hunter either. No, he picked it up later in his life, mm-hmm. and uh, the man loves it. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's had all those guys that you just talked about. He's had Steve Ranella. He's yep. had uh, Cameron Haynes and all them on the podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's keeping the hunting community growing. Mm-hmm is really important to me. And that's why that's part of the reason why I started the podcast, because I think that a matter of fact, I had two guys on there that had never hunted before. One of them was from New York city. One of them was from Chicago. So these guys grew up in those urban environments Mm -hmm. where hunting is just not even thought about. Right. And, um, I interviewed one guy out of New York city. And then the other guy actually became really good friends with from Chicago. His name's Alan Yates. Uh, he came down last November and hunted with me and was able to harvest uh buck his first year. Oh, that's cool. And it was awesome. I mean, that was just as exciting for me as getting my own buck yeah. last year. Well, it's been really neat for me to get into the hunting scene and realize that hunters really care about the animals they're hunting. They care about conservation. They care about land. And one of the neat things I, I thought through last year, I actually wrote an article about this, about the sovereignty of God and conservation efforts. 
uh, people used to think that the buffalo, would, there's going to be just an endless supply. Mm-hmm. And then when we realized, oh my gosh, we can kill these off. Right. The, one of the things that's been shocking to me is how well state management agencies and federal man- management a- agencies, when, when something is an endangered species, the management of that species goes to the federal agencies rather than the state agencies. But the state agencies do a really good job because, you know, 40, 50 years ago, even my dad, he said when he was growing up, he didn't see deer running around. They just yeah. weren't, they weren't around. I mean, if you look at like 1930s, you, you know, you don't have deer. It, like every single day I have 10 deer in my yard that right. we see. They're just always there. I got that blind out there. I was going to shoot one in my yard, but <laughs> they're everywhere. And it's really neat to see you can care about a species that, and the, the health of the ecosystem and not be a complete weirdo, but actually really care about the animals you're shooting and harvesting. And that's been really, that's been refreshing. It's been cool. Yeah, I think people get this like savage mentality when they think of a hunter and, you know, they're just out there for blood, but it's right. it's the complete opposite. Matter of fact, I remember, I vividly remember a uh, conversation I had with my buddy Josh. He was the one that kind of got me into hunting. I didn't know anything about hunting, you know, mm-hmm. other than what I maybe saw on TV or heard growing up. And it was probably a lot of it was inaccurate. And so I said, uh, you know, I don't remember how the conversation come up, but I said, well, you can just hang a deer in your front yard and, and clean it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you, you, sh- you can't do that. I said, sure you can. It's not against the law to hang a deer in your front yard and clean it. He said, no, it's not against the law. It goes against like the code. Like it, it goes against the respect for the animal and the respect for the hunting community. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. And at first I just didn't get it. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't do that? You, you just kill the deer. Right. And he's like, no, you didn't kill a deer. You harvested a deer. Yeah. Right. And so like over that first year, I started to grow, that respect started to grow for that Mm -hmm. animal. And the fact that, you know, it was a blessing that I was able to harvest this animal. Yeah. And bring it, you know, bring it home and feed my family with it. Now I'm not saying like, we're going to go hungry if I don't harvest a deer. Right. Obviously it's 2020 now. Yeah. We have food. But uh, it's just, it's still, there's something primitive about it that oh. I love. Oh my gosh. There's something primitive primitive about it that I love. You know, that first deer of the season and I get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this this is something, you know, hundreds of years ago that we were doing. Yeah, before Daniel Before there Boone. were grocery stores, before <laughs> there were, this is how it happened. And I yeah. love that I can experience that. And, uh, you know, it's not for everybody mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, some people... Even avid hunters, they're going to go, they're going to shoot their deer, they're going to throw it in the back of the truck and take it to the processor. Yeah. You know, and it's no less respectful to the animal or to the hunting community that you do that. They just, they're not interested in cleaning the deer. Yeah. But for me, it's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, for me, it's about saving money and enjoying it and teaching my children to do that. So my boys were with me. Let me real quick (laughs) set up what, okay, I want to give a pitch for you pastors and anybody else listening in to go just consider hunting you get out there in the stand it's dark i I leave my home real quiet get in my jeep drive down to this place the first morning i was there at about 5 45 in the stand the second morning the one i actually harvested the deer i I was there at six o'clock i'm sitting in the stand and everything is peaceful everything is still the the woods are quiet it's a beautiful night there was a bright sun i mean it was i mean bright moon it was i mean it was just a gorgeous night the sun comes up and it's breezy out. I mean, it starts to get a little bit breezy out, just barely. And then the trees come alive, the squirrels come alive, the birds begin to chirp, and everything just wakes up. 
It's really, really neat. And then you get to sit there and look around, and you're just waiting to see what's going to come out. And the, the excitement is just so, it's just, it's so intense, even though it's so peaceful. And then when you see your deer walk out, and you know that's a shooter, that's the one I'm going to shoot. And then it works out. It is so incredible. And I just want to, I mean, consider it. At least think about getting into hunting. Follow the hunt on YouTube. Reach out to Jan. He would love to talk to you. Reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. He knows, a, I mean, 10 times more than I know. Reach out. I mean, it's a lot of fun. What, what's your pitch? Give a pitch. Why should people start hunting? I mean, I'm just going to compound on what you just said. You know, even at the end of the day, even if, you know, let's say you get into this and it's your first year and you don't harvest an animal, like take advantage of those opportunities to be quiet. Take advantage of those because we we live in such a busy world these days. You know, our phones are always buzzing, telling us who liked this status and who did posted this picture. You know, put your phone on do not disturb. Stick it in your pocket. Leave it in the car. Well, I'd I'd probably have it on you just in case of emergency. (laughs) Be quiet. You know, just that's the greatest thing about it is you have to be still. You have to be quiet. You can't be moving around. You can't be talking. You can't be watching movies. You have to be quiet. And I think just what you said. I think a lot of people don't get to experience that the world wake up, mm-hmm. especially in the eyes of a hunter. Yeah. Because you go out there, it's creepy, it's dark, it's chill. There's a chill, you know. You, I've heard coyotes off in the distance at 5.30 in the morning when I'm climbing into a stand. Mm-hmm. Owls hooting. Stuff you just don't experience. Yeah. And then, you know, before the sun even rises, you just start seeing like a haze, the haze through the woods and... You see a stick and you're thinking, I think that's a buck. And then obviously as it gets, <laughs> as it gets brighter, it's just a stick. <laughs> yep. But it's just those little moments like that. And then, you know, squirrels waking up and birds waking up. And uh, you see a raccoon scurry through the woods. And yep. I'm not just making this stuff up. Like this is real it stuff happens. that happens yeah. that you're not going to see or experience. And then the first time you do, let's say you sat out there for two hours that first day, three hours, and you don't see a single deer. You're going to be happy when you go home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so much fun. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on the show. One more time, tell us where we can find more about yourself. Tell us about your Instagram handle and just anything else where we can find more information about you and all, all that you guys are doing. Absolutely. So Instagram uh, is The Hunt Sessions. That's all one word, The Hunt Sessions. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash The Hunt, I believe. If not, just search for The Hunt. Um. And then, of course, YouTube, you can search for The Hunt. It may be tough because there's a movie that came out called The Hunt last year, and they kind of take up a lot of space on there. But if not, just go to thehunt.video slash watch. That'll take you straight to our YouTube channel. Um, you know, we got big things in store this season. Like I just said, Nico's heading out west today. Hopefully, he'll get some film out there. Um, we're going to hunt hard. We're going to hunt often. And we're going to try to put out some good, fun content. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. All right. Thanks for having me, Jared.